So I'm Genevieve Ryan Belair. I'm the founder of Real World. We're a platform to navigate adulthood and big life moments. So basically help people set themselves up for success after school with their personal finances, healthcare, employer paperwork, taxes, all the life stuff you don't really learn in the classroom. We've raised a total of 4.5 million to date. That is awesome. Congrats on that raise. And I just love what you're doing, by the way, because like adulting, <laughs> Right. Like I'm just yeah. like, I feel like for me, like that this, your problem that you're working on is like a, a Google doc kind of solution where I'm like, where is this? And I can't find it. And then <laughs> I'm like losing passwords and I like got to get the PG&E login, you know, and like, oh my gosh, I, this is interesting. So, <laughs> so I understand the, the concept. Help us with just some of the strategy, like the most impactful strategy you use to, to close your most recent round. Yeah. So, I mean, I think thinking about fundraising and even as we think to our future rounds, like so much of the legwork just happens beforehand, before you actually go out to raise to figure out like, who are the types of investors I want to work with? Who are the types of investors I don't want to work with? And sort of putting together that list that you ultimately end up going after and sort of and sort of having those conversations. And one tactic that I used in that process, which is pretty easy for anyone to do, is to really start consuming content that different investors you're considering have put out there. So whether that's following them on Twitter or like following the blog, if they've got one, or if the firm has a blog or whatever it is, um, because you can start to see pretty quickly, like what that person's worldview looks like. And the reality when you're raising, if you want to build a massive business, you're talking about working alongside these people for five, 10, you know, plus years. Um, and so you want to make sure that even if at the moment, someone might agree with how you're thinking about things, like that they have a similar lens and sort of approach to life that aligns with your lens and approach to life. And so you can actually learn a ton just by figuring out and looking at what people put out there into the world. And I think the big caveat as well, though, is that not every amazing VC has their like Twitter strategy, has like a content strategy, et cetera. A lot of them don't spend time doing that because they're spending time with their founders and they're doing other really valuable things. But it's helpful as a starting and jumping off point to help you start getting those kind of like yes lists and no lists in some ways of just figuring out who are the types of people you'd want to work with. Um, and then obviously being able to do more founder oriented checks on those folks and better understanding what it's like to actually work with them once you've gotten a better sense there. Oh, I bet that's been really powerful. And so help me with how you even got that list of, of initial founders, of initial VCs that you're interested in. Was it just like general Google searches or people in the network? Like what was step one? Yeah. So I think a couple of things. Um, one was really lucky when we went through Techstars in 2019, had a lot of support from the Techstars, Techstars team in terms of meeting early on before we were raising a lot of these different investors that have like continued to be part of our life. Um, and so started, you know, initially with some of those conversations more like one-on-one -on -one, and then just started better understanding of companies that had been successful that were in and around our space who were the investors who had invested in them and like, how had they approached them? Were they early, early stage? Were they late stage, et cetera. And sort of just pulling together like a massive air table around everything. Um, and, you know, from there, then figuring out what types of funds are these, are these lead funds that we need to focus on first to make sure we can sort of get our lead squared away or are these follow on funds or do we not know? Um, so starting to just get organized there. But now I feel like there's also so many tools like Crunchbase, there's tools like NFX has put together this product thing called Signal, which is a really helpful way to better understand the different funds that are out there. And then a bunch of founder friends and I have like passed around different lists as well. I mean, I think like founders talk so much, which is great because you can actually understand what it's like to work with different VCs and things like that. And I've been lucky to get a lot of those types of running lists and, and also sort of like cautionary tales of don't work with these VCs and things like that along the way. Um, so I've tried to be able to support other founders who are coming up um, with 
at least a starting and jumping off point of the types of funds that are out there. I love it. And th- these communities of founders, are they like primarily in like the text, uh, tech stars ecosystem or um, other communities? Yeah, I think definitely like me and the other nine, you know, founders who were part of the Techstars cohort with us are all super tight. So we definitely leaned a ton on each other there. Um, but I've been very lucky over the last couple of years to get to know just like a ton of other founders through networking events, through like following cool stuff that they're doing, learning more about their companies, just like running into each other. It was definitely rough over peak COVID when everyone was kind of home and you weren't just like meeting people um, all the time. But definitely have gotten to know some of my like best friends now or other founders that are going through the same journey, maybe a little bit earlier, a little bit um, behind in terms of the stage, but can learn so, so, so much from those people um, as we're building. I love it. That's the best um, way to review a VC. It, it's just like, hey, what's the fruit of, of the, the founders that you've invested in the past? Not just the ROI, like obviously, but like just a relationship. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad to hear that. So, yeah. And so, okay, we got, we got the, the list. Like if you're an accelerator, then you're obviously going to get help with this automatically. If not, then, you know, building out lists on Airtable. Um, anyone who's listening, you can reach out. I, I have some interesting lists as well on, on yeah. VCs organizing it. Like you said, then NFX uh, kind of the signal is helpful as well. Categorizing it also talking to other founders that, you know, um, and then w- what's the outreach step that you start to do? Yeah. So this is where I think it's really interesting because I think you can go a couple of different ways. And it also is so dependent on what stage company you're in, because if this is like when we were raising our seed and we basically only had angel investors as part of our round before, it was less of a leaning on our existing investors to help us make the introduction to the next investors because we were sort of on our own in some ways there. Um, And a lot of it was just figuring out, okay, how do I get a warm intro to this person I'm really excited to meet and figure out how to like make that happen for many, many, many different firms. And so a lot of, after that list was made, a lot of it was figuring out, okay, who are the people who've either worked with these different funds or who know these people I can see on LinkedIn, they're connected, et cetera, who I have a strong enough relationship with to be able to ask them to share more about our company to see if they're interested in taking a meeting. And basically just like running a sales process, frankly, from beginning to end of getting in front of the VCs you want to speak with, understanding sort of their, you know, temperature check, if they're excited about what you're doing or not. Um, and then quickly getting them to a yes or getting them to a no. And, you know, you're ultimately going to get lots of no's and that's not a problem. You don't need a hundred yeses. You really just need like one um, and sort of to go from there. But it's helpful to treat it as a sales process in a lot of ways, because if you've ever sold a product before, like there's a, a, a way in which you can go through the process where you can educate people about your product or the company. You can sort of answer any questions they have in terms of diligence or answer any questions they have if they're a customer ultimately gets into that like purchasing moment, which is the goal of the entire process, as well as sort of clearing through that list, people who maybe are not a fit. So you're not wasting your time trying to convert them or get them excited about what you're doing. If it's just not something that they're going to get excited about. So it's a good way to prioritize your time and sort of stay organized by literally just running through more of that sales oriented process. Um, And I think the second piece that I've taken from just like background and partnerships and sales as well is having a very clear communication sense as to like, this is the first touch point of communication. We want to make sure that they have um, and sort of going through that process there in a more like tactile way or more um, uh, tangible way. I mean, um, and the good news is once you find people who are super excited about what you're doing, then it sort of all comes together pretty quick. Um, and so it's a matter, I think, again, back to how we started of like setting yourself up for success in the beginning to make sure you actually know who you'd want to work with, because 
as soon as that ball, you know, that, that train leaves the station and it's like a lot of momentum around the round and things are coming together. I want to be able to make very clear headed decisions of like, these are the types of people I want to work with. These are the people I don't want to work with. Um, so you can get things done quick. That's so good. I, I just, that we, we got to flip the tables and the best entrepreneurs, the, the best VCs know that the best entrepreneurs have choices. So if you're, if you, uh, if you're like the first thing you should be doing is screening the investors, uh, that, that nothing tells an investor that, Hey, I don't have to have your money. Uh, like I I'm betting you. So I, I, I love that when at mighty capital, like it was just interesting to see this, the different approaches where a founder was coming in, um, pitching and they're so eager and like telling us why they, you know, we, they should work with, we should work with them and invest in them and all that. And then the ones who are like, Hey, like, tell me about you, what value you're going to help add to us. How, how are you going to help us get to our goals? Like, what do you care about? And we're just like, it keeps us on our, it kept us on our toes and we were much more likely to invest. So I, I love, I love this approach. Thanks so much, Adam. Um, Thank you so much. What's the best way to reach out um, Twitter or LinkedIn? Yeah, um, probably Twitter. So I'm just Genevieve RB um, and would love to chat with any other founders or, or help them along their fundraising journey. Cause I've definitely been lifted up by a lot of other founders. So happy to pay so it forward. Good. So good. That's what it's all about. Thank Thanks you so much. Thank you.